2: Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition.
3: Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin Cities sports fans, hold on tight.
1: Live from the TCL broadcast studios. This is the Ride with Royce.
3: All right, bullets and bullets and uh, some misinformation to suits there at the end of the hour of January 9th. 1977, Vikings' last ever appearance in the Super Bowl. The uh, loss to the uh, Oakland Raiders, 32-14. to 14. Uh, The biggest mismatch they were really ever in was that game. And, as far as the Super Bowl was concerned, and that also tells you about the calendar of the sports clock, doesn't it? Oh. January 9th, Super Bowl. That We are now 26 days away from this year's Super Bowl. So we've added well over three weeks to the NFL season from from 40 years ago.
1: And, Pat, the only reason that I know it was 40 years ago is a young man from Rice County had a two-month-old son and said, Honey, I love you. I love the baby. I'm, going, I'm going, to
3: the going to Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm going to. am going to the Rose Bowl, and who would have guessed? Who would have guessed that he would have to wait till uh, this year to see oh, his next one? Huh? Oh
1: my goodness.
3: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was not a. Uh, that was. That was a. They were past their prime then. Uh, I remember Stewie Boyd telling me that that uh, they had to work their arse off to get to the Super Bowl that year. They kind of surprised themselves in '76. They were. They were not what they had in, been
1: in '77 when they or was it '75? Excuse me. '76 when they lost to the Cowboys, right?
3: Yeah, they were. They that were was still. They were kind of. That was kind of the end of it. Uh, seventy four was probably their best team. That was. Uh, they had Foreman and his full flower. You know, Foreman was had be. Foreman came in in seventy three and he was a real addition. They never really. They had good running backs. They never had star running backs until they got him, and he was so damn good. And that that was probably their best team. That's the team that should have won a Super Bowl because Pittsburgh was in its formative years. They were kind of still a young team. They were not great. Uh, Vikings held them to 16 points. The defense played great, and the Vikings went out and did nothing offensively. Allegedly, Tarkington had a bad shoulder and uh, couldn't really throw the ball and was playing with... Whatever, uh, whatever medications they might have used back then to get through that game, but that's that's probably the one they should have won. I would say, uh, the the one at Tulane two, uh, Stadium in 19, uh, G- January of 1975. That's the one where I got to sit between Jim Murray and Red Smith and announce <laughs> and announce that there was how great it was that three of the world's greatest sports writers were sitting next to one another.
1: And, <laughs> and, and did Red Smith go? go who the hell is
3: this guy? <laughs> and hung over to the teeth, boy. After after a Saturday night in New Orleans before the Super Bowl, when was there that was,
0: there were some people on the street? <laughs> was that kind of a gloom? Because I remember seeing video Super Bowl Nine. Was that kind of a gloomy day? Oh, was it kind of rainy day. and?
3: When they awarded it to him, Manny, they were supposed to be getting the uh, Superdome was supposed to be done by then. Yeah. And construction was delayed. Oh, it was a terrible day. It was freezing. We had a big ice storm back in Minnesota, as I recall and it was uh the the cold weather was all the way down in new orleans it was in the 20s mm. i hadn't even brought a coat i remember going in there and i was walked in there in one of those bad double knit sport coats freezing to death and uh and hungover and uh and and then the vikings went out and didn't do uh didn't really do much Two to nothing at halftime oh Two to, two to nothing at halftime.
1: And of yeah. course was New Orleans the site of the famous wake up call? Wasn't that New
3: Orleans? Yeah, but that was baseball winter meeting. Oh, you
1: know that one, right, Manny? <laughs> yes, I know that <laughs> one.
3: I like to That was Listen, I was well behaved and hard working at that Super Bowl by comparison to the baseball <laughs> winter meetings. I've told you guys, the baseball winter meetings back then, you just made something up and started drinking, you know. <laughs> You knew Calvin. You knew Calvin wasn't going to do anything. He wasn't going to make a trade or sign. You know, wasn't any free agency yet. He was going to take somebody in the Rule Five draft on Thursday. That's all you had to worry about. If you could, if you could get yourself. Alive for a few hours on Thursday, you were taken care of at the. I'd places. like a
1: 7:30 wake up call, <laughs> sir. At uh, 7:45. Damn
3: day. it. <laughs> well, luckily that was in '76, maybe '75, that you could still change your uh, tickets back then. So, oh yeah, you know you could not call. like today. Oh man, you, you try pull air- that today, you'll you get could thrown in prison. You could call the Airport and say, yeah, hey, let's. Uh, Let's move that back a few hours. Is that okay, honey? <laughs> anyway, uh, the Reggie Lynch case took another turn today when this wacky lawyer uh, oh. got out there and uh, did him no good. What uh, I would, uh, I guess we might pronounce it Pasiga. It's Ryan is, Pasiga
1: is his name. Pasiga,
3: P-A-C-Y-G-A. And uh, Ryan. Now there was one thing he said that wasn't completely nuts that was kind of interesting if you're uh if you want to look at reggie at least in a neutral way uh that the, the idea that after this one of these uh uh ac- accusations that uh he was receiving texts from one of the women telling him where the what bars he was they were going to be at and uh that was some, you know i know that people can uh We'll dismiss that out of hand, but that was that was a point he might have wanted to emphasize more than comparing to these to the Japanese internment camps. Uh, that was probably not a good idea.
1: Yeah, no, it, it was not. He also, <laughs> you know, the the part about you know that the the accuser should be identified that that part doesn't sit well with me either. He just, I don't think he did himself. Well,
3: no, that's ridiculous. You know.
1: I just don't know what what good he did to the, to Reggie Lynch's defense. I, I really don't because I mean, if you even look on social media right now, he's getting destroyed, yes. and rightfully so.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah. There's uh, you know Lee Hutton, who was his other attorney. Lee Hutt, Lee handled the uh, case for most of the player, the football players last year, and while he definitely was combative, he wasn't ridiculous. You know, he was trying to say, hey, some of these guys weren't even there. Uh, he was trying to offer a defense, and I, I actually talked to him a few times during it, and everything he told me turned out to be accurate. Yeah, Everything he told me about five guys not having to do with it turned out to be accurate. I don't know why Reggie ended up with this guy instead of Lee Hutton, or maybe Lee Hutton didn't want to handle it. I don't know. I don't know what the deal was, but uh, uh, Gophers play uh, Northwestern tonight. Here's the deal. If if Coyle and Patino really knew about two different accusations yep. and he still was playing, uh, is the university going to take a look at this? Well, and I, that's what
1: I was going to ask you, Pat, because, I mean, Patino's getting very little heat here, and I, maybe, yes. that, maybe that's to come, but I, I don't understand why. I mean, this all happened, A, under his watch, but Lynch had this in his well, background before he even set foot on the campus, before he was a player.
3: Well, here's the deal. Uh, you, they, they have this great defense. Well, we can't, we can't say anything because of student privacy accusations. Mm-hmm. I mean, student student privacy laws. We don't have to say anything. We can't even tell you why he's suspended officially. So, therefore, you don't have to tell me when did you know it. When did you know this? They don't. They can say what no. uh, We can't talk about it. So it's it's a great thing for administrators in colleges, isn't it? They don't have to tell us when they knew that there was two accusations uh, that had surfaced with the uh, with the EOAA or whatever it is. Uh, You know, it's a great thing for college administrators. They don't have to uh, uh, give us a timeline on what they knew so that's that's their defense and right? that
1: might, might that might be the defense of coyle and for for Kaler, but for Patino and his program in particular I and mean, this is now what the third different case
3: and let's not forget that before last season's turnaround the university president got up and basically put Patino on notice. He ripped him. Yeah. When he when he introduced Mark Coyle, right? When yes. he introduced Mark Coyle, he basically put Patino on notice. So, if Kaler was not made aware of this situation, and and Reggie continued to play, I don't think this thing's over for Coach Patino. I we will find out, but. But who knows? I don't know if the university will try to to try to, uh, you know, whitewash it or not. Maybe it doesn't have to be whitewashed. I don't know. But I got to think that uh, uh, Kaler's warning of two years ago would probably uh, have to be uh, looked at again uh, after this situation.
1: And I also don't think it was a good look either that you continued to let him practice after, you know, after the school came out and said that he was going to be suspended for the remainder of the season.
3: That's their policy, even though they won't tell us the policy for what. Right, That's right. their policy. So, anyway. Hey, Isaiah Thomas got 20, fined $20,000 for uh, clotheslining our guy Andrew Wiggins. Wolves OKC tonight. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get back. So, uh, Oklahoma City was on national TV last night getting beat bloody by the Portland Trailblazers, who did not have Damian Lillard. C.J. McCollum was unstoppable. And, boy, the boys on the— And this was that, uh, what they call the players-only broadcast, Mm -hmm. you know, the telecast. So the the players sit in the studio and comment on the game as it's going live. You don't get a real play-by-play. I think Steve Smith and who was with him, I'm not sure— they were killing them. They were killing Oklahoma City. And uh, just how they they don't have any continuity. They don't move the ball. It's all one-on-one basketball.
0: And it is, yeah.
3: Once in a while, Russell will throw the ball to Carmelo for an open three. But Paul George is out of there. Don't you think they'll trade him?
0: Yeah, well, they might trade him if they feel like if they get to the deadline and they really understand that he's not going to stay there this offseason, and they'll probably try and move him, but he uh, looks get like, something for him.
3: He looks completely lost. I mean, Carmelo does what he does. He goes and gets shot, and, and Russell goes what he does. You know, Carmelo runs to the three-point line, and Russell runs the operation, but George is just... Now, they had a, what, a three weeks? They played pretty good for a while. They won yeah. a bunch of games. It looked
0: like they were going to catch the Wolves in the division, but... And now,
3: uh, they, now they're kind of uh, floundering around. Now, they got insulted so much last night. Not only uh, Isaiah and Kevin McHale were killing them then after the game, after after the game too. I mean, everybody was just brutalizing them yesterday, making it sound like Billy Donovan might not survive here. But. Uh, uh, so they'll probably come in and play pretty good tonight after. Wasn't that a uh, mistake? Roasted.
1: By him all along, Billy Donovan to to leave that job for the uh, for the NBA. I mean, I know it was a a, a big payday for him, but
0: Yeah, well, he you got to remember too like he was he when he left Florida to take the OKC job, like they still had Durant then. Yeah, good point. And, yeah. And you know, and they were a win away from going to the yeah, NBA Finals. Right. And yeah, they, point. Blew. Good point. they blew a 3-1 lead. 3-1. Against, I was yeah. going to say they were
3: ahead 3-1. With yeah. a
0: chance to to clinch it in Game 6 at home, and then you know Durant and Westbrook just but fell was, apart.
1: Was he a reason that Durant decided to leave? No. no, no I mean no, Durant, Durant just... left
3: to win the championship. Okay, yeah. That's all. Durant is uh, deep in his heart. He's a sissy. He can't stand... Uh, <laughs> he, he can't stand... Any type of criticism, any type of—he uh...
0: has shown the—he has shown signs of being a little bit thin-skinned, and you know, he would mm-hmm. go back and forth with people on Twitter, and yeah, well, it's this, weird.
3: This, Remember when he was engaged to Monica Wright?
0: I do right? remember that. Yeah, yeah, the,
3: the gorgeous Monica Wright, who was his girlfriend from high school, right or something? I don't know. I was knew, from high school, he, but, I knew but somewhere they—they had... they, and. He got engaged to her, and and everybody told me that they got engaged to her because he felt bad because he wasn't engaged to her because that she kind of was sad that they hadn't gotten engaged. So he got engaged to her because he didn't want her to be mad at him, and then sounds then he like, ends up then he ends up breaking it off.
1: Sounds know? like the rest
3: of us. <laughs> yeah. 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 You were down on your hands and knees, crawling, <laughs> groveling, groveling, <laughs> telling her, you probably told her you had cancer.
1: Honey, here's the thing. I don't have much I time. I won't be
3: alive that long. <laughs> I don't have much I time. I won't be alive that long. I have three different fatal diseases trying to collide with each other. That's the only way you got that deal going.
1: No, that's how, that's how I convinced you <laughs> to sleep with me, Patrick. You've got those stories confused. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
3: All right, and then it was a different. Disease. That's right. Yeah, I had you know, to step there, up my game. There used to be, <laughs> there used to be a football coach at Notre Dame named Frank Leahy, who was apparently cra- so wired up and crazed that he only lasted there like eight years, early fi- late forties, early fifties. He lost like five games in ten years or something, but he had a kid named Frank, young Frank Junior. He killed him off, like they said. Fifteen times in those ten years. <laughs> this kid had every malady known to man. In the, the pregame man, speech. He'd come in and go, could you win one for big, could you win one for young Frank today? He's got leukemia. He's and glued the next, to the radio. <laughs> the next week he had some other rare disease every time they played somebody. Frank Frank killed off Frank Jr. That's, what's, that's what you did. Anyway, uh, the Timberwolves probably what? The the grumpiness, less grumpiness about this team now. Than at any time since 04, you think more optimism than any time since 04. At right? least
0: in the last week or so, yeah.
3: You guys yeah, are... yeah. Oh, everybody was mad. They lost to the Brooklyn Nets, and it was a yeah. national scandal. But and everybody <laughs> will be mad again if they lose tonight. But of the course. fact is, they've had four straight sellouts, which is unbelievable.
1: When did we fire Flip? Was that the 05 season? 04, 05. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. there. What didn't they after Flip got fired? Didn't they make kind of a decent run with McKay? Yeah, they've,
0: they've, yeah they, they, they end didn't... up finishing a game out of the eighth playoff spot. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Kevin was like 10, 12 games over 500. Well, they, you know, flip. I love, everybody loves flip. We all love flip. But, but they had stopped playing for him. He deserved to be fired. Well, yeah. They had, they had to do something to, because that yeah, was their they, last run with yeah, those guys. And well,
0: Cassell were mad about their contracts. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, Wally was mad because he wasn't starting and all that stuff. It, yeah.
3: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was. It's uh, it's been a long while, but man, people apparently are going to the games because they want to. And you, Pat, I
1: did see something that I know is right up your alley. I was watching Sports Center earlier today, and they were because this I think ESPN is carrying the game tonight on their uh, on their channel. Yes. Yes. And uh, the Timberwolves at twenty six and sixteen now, mm-hmm. uh, their BPI index says that they have a ninety nine percent chance of making the playoffs. Oh,
3: okay, and that, <laughs> so that guarantees it. Right. Okay. Pretty Lock much. it up, That's, baby. What was the uh what was the <laughs> Gophers chance oh. to make the NCAA tournament two weeks ago?
1: When they were fourteenth in the country?
3: Yeah. What was the <laughs> chance two weeks ago? <laughs> Give me that one, will ya? Give me that one. I love giving those numbers to you. (laughs) We've gone from 92% to 4%. Right. (laughs) But we still got that 92% to hold on to, right? Oh, yeah. We could say, hey, I read in the middle of December, we got a 92% chance to make the NCAA tournament. Don't worry about it. We could turn that into a banner. Raise that thing yes. at the barn. <laughs> right.
0: They oh, can't vacate
1: that one.
3: That oh. drives me nuts. I, no, it
1: does. It's so well, stupid. Well, the worst is when... It's fine if they want to do it with the crawl. That part, I don't care. Yeah. When they started doing it during baseball broadcasts of actual games, yeah. the win probability, <laughs> I about had an aneurysm.
0: Yes.
3: I'd like to track those people down and slap the head. F- Fuck right. under
0: the ear. <laughs> By the way, on the Wolves, guys. Yep, they yep. have at twenty six and sixteen. They have the seventh best record in the NBA.
3: Wow, there is a little more. There is more bad teams beating decent teams this year yeah. than there's been in a lot of years. You've got
0: the three. Yeah. You, you know, you've got kind of the three or four teams at the top: Golden State, Boston, Cleveland, Houston. Maybe you throw that in okay. there. Maybe San Antonio. But everybody else is just kind of, you know, they're kind of beating each other up and playing each other pretty evenly.
3: And by the way, I would like to send a questioned uh my guy flip in the great beyond. Why the hell didn't you draft CJ McCollum like everybody told you to with the ninth pick? You think he'd help this team? What was it? Was it Trey shoot? Burke? That was that was the uh, trade Yeah, yeah but, then got the trade. but then we got Shabazz. And, and we got Gorgie. but and you know you could have done better with the draft wow. picks you had too, but
0: and remember, CJ
3: McCollum could shoot.
0: And and remember the the <laughs> pick the pick immediately after Shabazz was Giannis Atenta yes, Oh my was. God!
3: Yes, he was. I, now I'd take it, but CJ McCollum is fantastic. But what I bring him up is because that's the draft that every that's the pick everybody said they should have made. Yeah, yeah. You know, take CJ McCollum; he was the best player available. Nope, didn't happen. I'd like to have a shooter like that on this team. Then you could get serious about him. All right, we'll be back. Give us 30 minutes and we'll give you everything cuts. What is uh, slashing? Slashing is like that. <laughs> Jess Myers now joins the ride with Royce right now. for this edition of the Hockey Half Hour. Jess Myers is with us. Uh, a Niederreiter out of the lineup again. I think, Jess, he missed like three games in his first five years here, and now he's had a bunch of injuries this year. Is it the same one, the ankle all year?
2: Yeah, it's been the same thing bugging him off and on all year. And, you know, it's one of those where you just never really get fully healthy, Um, you know. And he doesn't seem to be, you know, maybe he's kind of got that Parisi instinct in him. Where he just will not take the time necessary to to get away from it and get healthy. They've got that goofy bye week thing coming up. Yes. Uh, so maybe they're just going to try and get him through the next you know three four games before they get the break, which starts. Uh on Sunday night, after they're done with Vancouver, and you know, and then hopefully get fully healthy, uh, having a week off.
3: I don't know. I think that's what Bruce. Uh, I saw a quote from Bruce saying that is, so he won't play Sunday, and then they hope that uh, maybe when they come out the other end, he'll. Uh, uh, they uh, he's not a. Guy you want to have out of your lineup no. when that when you're that club because you know, he, can, he can go get your goal once in a while. Uh, I I heard
2: somebody close to this team use the word passengers. A lot of passengers on this team.
3: A lot, of guys, <laughs> a lot of guys just
2: kind of coasting. He is not one of those guys. Nino is one of the guys that will get out there, get after it, and you know has to uh, seems to have that motor that's going all the time.
3: Yeah, he's uh he is boring though. He makes uh, he makes <laughs> he makes Joe Maurer look like a quipster. Wow. He's uh he's a tough fight. I tried to I was over there and I tried to interview him after the game and it that was that game when he got hit in the face with a stick. Yep. He got a goal taken away on a tip. And then he got. Then he went and got a goal, all within about a five-minute period. Or he got. He got robbed on a save, and then he got robbed on a tip. They said it wasn't a tip, all in five minutes. I thought, well, even Nino could give me a quip on this. <laughs> nope. No, no chance. You know, with
2: with European players, you never know if it's the language barrier or what, you know, and then you you learn to appreciate a guy like Ilya Brizgalov will talk your ear off and it's just so wacky Mm. because so many of them are are quiet and, you know, don't really uh, turn a phrase very well.
3: Eric Stahl going to the uh, all-star game as the uh, representative of the wild. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody.
2: No, absolutely not, you know. And here's a guy who's had, I think, you know, 6 7 goals in the last uh, 2 weeks, you know. So last year we kind of saw that big early start from Stahl, and then things kind of dropped off and people said, you know, he's too old, he doesn't seem to have the stamina. This year it seems to me it's been a lot more even and uh, a lot more steady source of offense. Uh, two notable local guys: Blake Wheeler from Winnipeg and uh, Brock Besser, rookie for Vancouver. Wow. Both going wow. to
3: the All Star game. Here is the best stat I heard on hey, Brock is Wheeler. Okay, he got the left the ice. Blocked a puck last night and he, left the ice. Already. I have not
2: heard anything to the contrary. It sounds okay. like it was just one of those hockey plays where he's gonna he's gonna bounce back. Uh, Brock Besser, though, you know the Burnsville kid, uh, originally slated to go to Wisconsin, he wound up going to North Dakota instead. He won a national championship there. He's a rookie. He was all honorable mention in the NCHC last year. Now he's a rookie with Vancouver. <laughs> Here, here's the best stat I've heard on Brock Besser. He's got 21 goals this season, and somebody broke down the videotape. Of those 21 goals he's got, the puck has been on his stick for a total cumulative of 22 seconds. So uh, this is a guy who releases the puck pretty quick when he gets it uh, and with some accuracy.
3: Burnsville, right? Where, Burnsville, yeah, Burnsville, Burnsville. And yeah. did you, uh, when's, uh, when's a, when did you first start hearing about him? When yeah. he was 14, 15 or yeah. something he, like that? Yeah, you
2: know, he, he was one of those kids coming up in the Burnsville youth system. And of course, you knew he wasn't going to stay there. He was going to get plucked and go someplace else. Uh, Wanda playing his in the USHL his senior year. Now, allegedly that was the rift with Wisconsin. He had committed to go play for Wisconsin, uh, and a couple of his Wisconsin coaches showed up at a Burnsville High School game and were all confused about why he wasn't there, not knowing he was already playing in the USHL. (laughs) Apparently that got back to him, and he wasn't too impressed by uh, how how Uh, the the Badger folks had done
3: their homework. uh, This was not the Granado administration. Was that the Granado administration? This this, uh, This was uh,
2: Evesy? This was the previous regime. Okay, uh, Uh, Anyway, uh, that that, that was the popular story, anyway.
3: I would imagine you look up and down those rosters, there's not many rookies, huh?
2: No. Uh-uh. There's, uh, you know. They, and,
3: they don't have some goofy rookie game the night before or anything like that. They used to have, you know,
2: that Young Stars game. Well, you know, the whole thing is they goofy, they got the Patrick. whole system you've got, now, divisions. When you got the four divisions, you've got, it's all three on three. You know, you've got John Scott winning the MVP trophy. <laughs> I mean, it's all just a goofy thing. But, you know, maybe that's the way to do it. Maybe these, you know, like football and baseball, where they try and take it all serious and make it real. It's, it's not real. Let's just have some fun with it.
3: Well, they've tried everything no one. Demand. man let's face it when they screwed up the all-star game is when they expanded from six teams to 12 because back in the day the defending champ hosted it and played the other five the all-stars from the other five teams in the 50s yep that's how they did it the defending champ was the host and they played the all-stars from the other teams and if you look through it the, uh, the the defending champs won a few of those against yep. the All-Stars. So, And,
2: I mean, then we had, you know, like, I remember Rendezvous 87 in Quebec City when you had, like, a Soviet <laughs> team against an NHL All-Star team. Or, for a while, we tried North America against the world. And, you know, it's just... Campbell little...
3: versus Smythe. Right. Around.
2: Oh, yeah. Those were always You fun. know,
3: wouldn't you like to track down the guy from the NHL who said, you know what's a good idea? Let's name all these divisions after people, yeah. you know, <laughs> and confuse America. I never knew in my life what division the North Stars were in. I never knew if they were in the Smythe or the Norris, and I think they were in both at different times, if I'm not mistaken.
2: I remember them being in the Norris just for the simple fact that in about uh, 86 or so, when everybody in that division was terrible. Yes, Sports Illustrated ran a story, I I don't know who wrote it, but I think it was Ernie Swift, about how bad all the teams in the division were and the headline was, How They Bore Us in the Norris.
3: (laughs) Well, and let's face it, one of Chris Berman's early jump-offs on ESPN, that made him a legend was the Snorris division. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, remember that? The Snorris division. Well, and he then, was...
2: At one point, too, he, uh, he used to refer to the NFC Central, you know, when it, when it was, you know, Vikings and Packers and all these kind of hard hitting teams as the NFC Norris division as well. <laughs> so he got a lot of mileage out of that he one. Did, yeah. Uh, yeah. He
3: did get a lot of mileage out good, of that. Good, uh, good stuff. All right. The Wild, uh, by the way, uh,
2: about a 25% chance of making the playoffs right now. Really?
3: 25% chance?
2: Yeah. And and last night's game, I think, is just a perfect microcosm of where this game is right now where you you don't do quite enough you play just good enough to make it interesting and then you come up short but you're happy because you got a point anyway and uh,
3: well mike smith was flopping around like uh an (laughs) 80 year old reindeer or something and still managed to uh still managed to keep the puck out man alive He's uh, we kept we kept hitting him with see, puck. See, this is what you like
2: it. with Mike Smith against Alex Daylock. No more of these boring goalies who just to <laughs> stay quiet and play their position yeah, all the forget time. Forget that you quiet know, stuff. Get out there, make some noise, have some fun, <laughs> flipping and flopping Fall. and all that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
3: Tackle, guys. It was great. <laughs> all right, we'll be back. Getting you caught up on the weekend pucks. It's the hockey half hour with Jess Myers. A combination that requires the highest level of conditioning, speed, creativity. On the ride with Roycey. So, uh, Jess, uh, I see USA Hockey has a teleconference tomorrow. Uh, are they going to tell us the uh, final makeup of the Olympic team? They got uh, Gio- they got promising youngster Brian G- Gianta there. Uh, <laughs> Brian Giunta, what is he? Yeah, he's thirty nine. Right, he's thirty nine. Going to be st- the captain,
2: and he's still about five foot three, by the way. Uh-huh. So he hasn't uh, he hasn't yeah he he I, I, he will undoubtedly be the captain on this team. Probably. Well, most... I think
3: they are, they are listing him as the captain yep. on the teleconference call. And Greenway is going to be there too. He's ours,
2: right? Yeah, Jordan Greenway. And uh, interesting about him: first uh, player of color ever to play for the United States oh, in a, really? in the Good. Olympic team. He's uh, he's African American or, or mixed race. Uh, a pr- real promising prospect for the Wild, by the way. Where did there. he
3: play college?
2: He's playing at Boston University. Okay, right now. and uh, but you
3: know. he's he's been going with the Olympic team, so. Uh, uh, who who is going to make it from around here? Who well, do we one, have on the,
2: the team? one that everybody's kind of excited about is Will Borgan from Saint Cloud State, who's you know okay. a, a young kid and uh, uh, one of those guys with a lot of promise. But it's just a weird, weird year. I mean, you know, and. I ranted about this in the past plenty of times, but you know, just the latest thing that Gary Bettman has managed to screw up for uh, for hockey fans everywhere is uh, is is the well, way they're going to yeah. do this thing.
3: Well, if they're going to do it, then go back to uh, taking uh, you know taking a college team and uh, giving them another year of eligibility and spend the whole you know spend the whole fall preparing them. Why don't you just do that? We, like
2: you'd... we used to pick a team in the summer and yes. you got to practice for six months. You know, like Kirby yes. did with those guys, sure. and and that worked okay. Well, then we went with the NHL guys, and I remember Herbie telling me that in 2002 when he coached the NHL guys, you know, he said he's going to have like two practices with them before their first game, and his joke was, we'll just put a lot of WD-40 on the door mm. and send them out. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, I thought that was kind of fun. Well, now we've got a hybrid of the two. We're taking a bunch of guys that most people have never heard of, and we're giving them two weeks to prepare, and we're going to throw them out there, you know, so... Mm. Uh, Canada is going to announce their team tomorrow as well. So that'll be uh, very interesting to see. Uh, and what do we
3: know we don't know yet if the team from Russia is going to show up, right? <laughs> if the K, no, if the KHL is going to let their players go or not, because they were, I guess they can be announced as athletes from Russia, but right. they can't be in. The, they don't. They don't get the anthem if they won, but they don't uh, get to
2: wear the colors and all that. And hopefully Vladimir Putin won't be in the locker room like he was last time. But... Hey,
3: by the way, I was in Salt Lake. City. That was great. I think having only two days of practice is wonderful because you don't have all these defensive systems. They just go out there and try to score goals. That's the best hockey I ever I just, saw in my life. The
2: Swedes that year were just throwing it up
3: the ice. The, and, the and... best the best hockey I ever saw in my life was at uh, Salt Lake City Olympics, Oh, yeah. although Dave Peterson's team in Calgary was hard to beat, too. <laughs> they tried to beat you by getting nine. It was great. They yeah, needed they, nine to beat you.
2: They were giving up 11 was the problem, <laughs> (laughs) On most nights, yeah.
3: I've told this 50 times, but uh, my favorite ever Morganti quote: We're upstairs, Al Morganti, I'm sitting next to him watching the Russians play the Swedes in Calgary. And and Morganti says, I finally figured out what's wrong with this Swedish team. They have too many Swedes. Too many Swedes. Wow. <laughs> they weren't exactly a hard-checking outfit back then, anyway. By the way, uh, since
2: we were talking college hockey, if you were wondering how it was going to work out for Notre Dame in the first year in the Big Ten, yeah, I, I don't know if they're too happy about letting the Irish in so far. 14-0 start for wow. them. Wow. Who else
3: and, did they sweep lately? Uh,
2: they just swept, uh, boy, I want to say Ohio State. Okay. And and here's here's the best part. Okay, so number, got one country, number
3: one in the country.
2: Number one in the country. Uh, no, excuse me. Twelve and zero in Big Ten play, and here's the best part. They have a fourteen point lead on second place, so Ooh. yeah, you might as well just send the Chelsea doesn't there. look
3: good for Coach Lucia to uh, continue their domination of no. the Big Ten. No, they've won it every year. That
2: streak uh, of Big Ten titles, I think, is a pretty solid bet to come to an end. Yeah, that's uh, and
3: now, okay, tell me about this goalie who suddenly is he? Did he just become eligible or something? That the the Gopher Matt Robson.
2: Okay, he, they, he, will,
3: the Shearhorn was going to play more games than anybody in the history of Gopher hockey. Well, he did. Now,
2: he set the record for consecutive starts. Shearhorn did. Okay. You know, he'd played okay. every game for, for three years. Uh at Christmas time or a little before Christmas time, Matt Robson becomes eligible. Now, about a Who year is ago. He? What's that? Who is he? He is from Toronto. He played at Clarkson briefly. Uh okay. play, played like half a year there, transferred out of there. He played junior hockey in, in Canada. Uh, you know, then he decides I want to go back to college hockey. He says he's gonna to come to Minnesota, and here's the deal. Nobody knew, number one, if he could play. He must he must be pretty good if for for Don to let him on the team. And then nobody knew when he was going to become eligible or <laughs> if he was going to become eligible. So, you know, start of this season, I'm asking guys, you know, when are we going to see Robson in net? Well, we don't know when we can see him in net. Well, finally, the NCAA declares him el- eligible, excuse me, and now they have a goalie tandem for the first time in, you know, three and a half years or whatever it is. Shearhorn's getting a rest. Robson shuts out St. Cloud State, which had been the number one, team in the country. And now Robson's a Big Ten first star of the week, so good for him.
3: And uh, they also made a trade Right? They send one guy to the USHL and got the kid out of the USHL. I mean, everybody who said you can't trade in, in colleges hasn't been watching to go for hockey. That's right. So did the guy they traded for, did he break into the lineup over the weekend? I or? think
2: so. You know, that, okay. that kind of got lost in the midst of everything else after, you know, World Juniors. And, and, you know, you had guys coming back from Buffalo. Their equipment didn't make the trip. And, I mean, it was just... It's just a goofy thing when you try and start to restart the season. But Robson, by the way, first Canadian goalie for the Gophers
3: since. Uh, I know. Frank Angelo from Thunder Bay. Wooger does not approve. <laughs> he he's got a lot to do to ever keep up with Murray McLaughlin. Well, He'll well never, never, never be another Murray McLaughlin.
2: Peter Angelo played for Wooger, but he was inherited. He was one of Buto's guys. He was, he was, uh, Wuger was did it, not bring Wasn't
3: uh, Murray McLaughlin was Thunder Bay, wasn't he? I, I think he was Thunder think Bay. Think he, he was. was Thunder he Thunder took Bay, yeah. him to the. He took him to the Frozen Four one yep, year before yep. it was even the Frozen Four all by himself. Those
2: basically. those early Wooger teams had two non-Minnesotans, and they were the two goalies. Peter Angelo, who was from Thunder Bay, and then. Uh, John, John Blue, Blue from
3: California, San Jose, California. See, I know my go for hockey. Absolutely all right, do. we'll be back with a preview of the Great Outdoors. All right, Jess Myers, the Great Outdoors Show coming up with uh, Dennis Anderson. There's uh nothing left in season to uh shoot, is there?
2: You know what it is now? It's show season. We got the boat yeah. show this oh, week.
3: Oh, that's right. And it's got... and it's
2: earlier than normal because of the Super Bowl. They've got what the NFL experience or something going oh, into the uh so convention. So they had to center. do it er-
3: Yeah, it is. So they pushed earlier. it up a
2: little yeah. bit. And I, you know, I for one, I you know, I can't afford any of that stuff, but I love looking at boats because <laughs> it kind of gets you dreaming about open water. And uh, so we talk to the, we're to we going to talk to the organizers of the boat show, and it's uh, kind of about the logistics, like how you get 700 boats in and out of there. Uh, that, that's what I want to know. And then our other, uh, one of our other guests tonight, we're going to talk to my friend Jeannie McClain. She owns a resort, a fly-in resort that's like 30 minutes flight north of Kenora on a lake that you can only reach by plane. And, uh, you know, again, my question is the logistics. How do you get, you know, a refrigerator there? How do you get, you know, gasoline, stuff like that that you need, you know, where everything has to be brought in by air? So uh, we're going to talk a lot about, you know, running a resort and, and what goes into it. I think it'll be interesting.
3: They probably have ice roads at this time of year, don't they? Don't I they think have the so. Ice some, roads, maybe? some of them do.
2: I, and and yeah. one of my one of my favorite stories. I was talking to a resort owner on one of these places. I'm looking at pictures, and he's telling me it's way up in northern Manitoba. Mm-hmm. And there's a pickup in the picture. I said, "How'd you get the pickup there?" He says, "I drove it one winter. It took about a week. I slept in it." <laughs>
3: like, oh, my uh, holy. my holy my, son, my son, the Marine, years and years ago, when he was just a kid, used to go to one of those fly-ins with his uh, maternal grandfather, who would who was a pilot and would fly the plane in for sure. them, the float plane, and then they'd drive ride back. And the kid got so spoiled catching big fish up there that he's, he's basically worthless as far as fishing <laughs> now. Cause he's, you know, you go up there and you catch a 40 pound lake trout you sure. know, or something sure. like that. So that, uh, that, uh, takes care, uh, that takes care of that. So anyway, uh, one more hockey right. note, one more all hockey right.
2: note, uh, Old Rozo tomorrow night and the Warriors We're... are alive. They started out 0-6 and now they've gone Seven zero and then. So they're who's coaching
3: cart- up- them now?
2: Jay Hardwick is coaching them. His okay. his grandfather was the coach in sixty nine when they had Henry Boucher and you know all Oh Dirty
3: that, Dick Roberts.
2: Dirty Dick Roberts. That's that was, oh, that's his grandfather. A, great guy. I love yeah, that. Guy. Absolutely.
3: They said he was one of the most famous War Road Lakers of all time. Too. Absolutely. That's where they called him Dirty Dick.
2: <laughs> Played for the Gophers. He had the kick shot, which they then made illegal. The <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Oh, see, yeah.
3: they're always trying to pick on War Road. Everybody's <laughs> always trying to rob War Road. All right. We'll be back. Could you please pass the potatoes? Uncle Bob,
0: why are you singing?
3: With all the rewards we are getting, with the Navy Federal Credit Union's
2: cash rewards card, I hired a singing coach for caroling. But it's summer. Since we get up to 1.75% cash back on all our holiday purchases, there is cheer to last all year.
0: Please stop. These potatoes are delicious, by the way.
2: Get cheer to last all year with Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA.